Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibu First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Looking forward to seeing you in Cornerbrook on November 16th at 6 p.m. for our special live broadcast of Mi'kmaq Matters. Details later in the show. This week, DNA study raises new questions about the origins of the Beothic. It was always assumed that the Beothic were descendants of the Maritime Archaic peoples, starting in about 7000 B.C., The Maritime Archaic settled in locations from what is now known as Labrador to the state of Maine, but such is not the case. The DNA study looked at the bones and teeth of 74 individuals, including 19 Beothic, 53 Maritime Archaic, and 2 Paleo-Eskimo. Though they lived in the same geographic territory, there was very little genetic overlap between the groups, which raises the question, where did the Beothic come from? We have two guests this week. Later, we'll hear from Chief Mazelle Joe of the Mayobega First Nation in Con River. For the chief, the surprising results of the study are an impetus to get on with another DNA project into whether Mi'kmaq people carry traces of Beothic ancestry. But first, Anna Duggan, a researcher at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario. I asked her about the process and why she and her colleagues were surprised by the survey results. The current research involved mitochondrial DNA, which are passed from mother to children. She says future research might involve the nuclear genome, a wider array of DNA material, and it might involve samples of people who are still alive. In essence, the the process would be that um, after a collaborator from an archaeology department or the museum has identified a bone or tooth as belonging to an individual from a particular um, population of interest, and it would be sent to us, and we would then remove a very, very tiny portion of that. So, um, you know, a collaborator might just send us one tooth while they have an entire uh, skeletal remain, and then from that tooth, we'll use a drill to just cut off one of the roots of the teeth. Um, If it was a bone, we would um, try and look for an area that was maybe already damaged so that we're not really adding any extra damage. And then if we couldn't find one, just try and find a place that's relatively inconspicuous. And this is very, very small amounts that we're drilling out. Um, So we're not crushing up entire bones or entire teeth. We're looking at fractions of one gram of material. Uh, I guess the most notable uh, outcome of your research is the is that there was no connection between the Marta- maritime archaic uh, people and the Beothic. And this sort of goes against our, I guess, our assumptions that we had that, be, that because these people lived in the in the same area, they would be connected. And I gather that that was also surprising for the researchers, that you did not expect that that would be the, the, uh, one of the findings of the research. So I think um, we didn't expect that the Maritime Archaic were going to be the direct ancestors of the Beothic. Um, however, what was surprising was how far back in time 
it was suggested that this common ancestral population must have been. So um, we estimated that the maritime archaic and the Beothic, again, just from this maternal mitochondrial perspective, probably hadn't shared a common source for 10,000 years or more. Um, if we were to look at the nuclear genome, given that it's much larger and it essentially contains contributions from many more individuals, right, with exponentially growing each generation you go back with parents and grandparents, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. that might have a completely different story. Um, but at the moment, it certainly looks like at least the maternal contributions for the maritime archaic and the biotic were were quite distinct and that they had probably been separate for quite a long time. Why we would assume that there would be more of a connection between the maritime archaic and the and the biotic? My own presumption, at least, um, would have been that if we're looking at two populations that were occupying the same geographic space, though admittedly with, uh, you know, a thousand or more years in the middle, um, that they might have had some other source population that was closer by, um, both geographically and temporally, so through time and space, sort of. Um, and so I think what this research suggests is that even though we maybe didn't think that the maritime archaic would have been the exact ancestors of the Beothic, um, that maybe they had both come from some source population that was somewhere on the east coast of the continent and what we essentially saw was just two successive waves from this source population onto the island um, through time. But our findings suggest that this wasn't the case, right? Mm. So it's suggesting that that common source population was actually 10,000 or more years in the past. What would you think the um, the future uh, research interest be in carrying on this research into uh, the maritime archaic and the biotic? What would be the, the next phase in the research? So there's a, a couple of different uh, directions that this research can go. So perhaps the most natural next step is to continue the project, but rather than just looking at the mitochondrial genome, to expand it and look at the nuclear genome, so that's the much larger genome. Um, that, of course, has a lot more information in it, would take a lot more time, uh, a lot more work, but it also is something that we would want to go back to the indigenous populations of the province now and ask them once again, are you comfortable, are you supportive of us continuing this work of extrapolating further into this history? Mm. Beyond that, we could also look at um, contemporary populations to try and draw any links between these two populations and the current inhabitants of the province. But again, that would need full support um, enthusiasm, and a lot of discussions, honestly, about what uh, genetic research means for an individual or a group and lots of concerns about potential privacy uh, and what that information could mean and where it would be stored. So I think that's a, that's a step further down the road for sure, but a direction it could certainly go in. Anna Duggan of McMaster University. 
Chief Mazel Joe of the Mailbagak First Nation was on hand for the release of the research findings earlier this month. Mailbagag, Halibu, and other indigenous communities on the island and in Labrador approved the research protocol. The chief has been a longtime champion of research into Beothic and Mi'kmaq history and the possible links between them. He has called for the return of the remains of two Beothic people held at the National Museum of Scotland. When I caught up with the chief last week, he was on his way to Moncton, New Brunswick for a meeting of Atlantic chiefs. On the way back, he was planning to meet someone who may have information about another piece of the Beothic story, that some may have left the island and intermarried with Mi'kmaq people on the mainland. Chief Joe says he too was surprised by the study results. He says he'd like to use DNA research to get to the bottom of the other Beothic question, whether their genetic ancestry lives on in Mi'kmaq people. Definitely surprised that uh, what came back was that uh, the Bidot Watch uh, had no connections to anyone in Newfoundland. We've always been told by the scholars that it was, uh, it was we were all related to Martin Marquis. Now that's changed. Mm. So, you know, uh, for me, uh, you know, we believed all those years by scholars who knew all this stuff that there was a connection to from us, Biotic people, and all the all the people in Atlantic Canada was related to the Maritime Arcade, but that's not so according to the latest genetic study. And you've maintained that the the there was intermarriage between the Mi'kmaq and the Biotic. Absolutely, so, and I'm, I'm I'm meeting a man uh, back in Nova Scotia on the way back that his great grandfather was a uh, was a Biotic or a direct link to a Biotic. Yes. So, and and the paper makes the paper makes clear that this this research doesn't necessarily um, contradict that uh, the theory that there's connections between the Beothic and the Mi'kmaq. They say clearly that that is to be that is to be further researched. Well, I, I welcome that research. You know, I I certainly think that uh, we all need to. Uh, get on on this one and get it done. I know it's going to cost a lot of money, but I think it's something that's necessary that needs to be done. Are you going to have some ongoing um, involvement with these uh, researchers on the next uh, the next stages of the research? Well, right now uh, we are involved in the sense that we're trying to find dollars to do some uh, some testing in Con River. Whether or not we can find the dollars, and where we're we going to find the dollars to do it. Mm. Uh, you know, and that's the next step that we've got to take, and that means getting involved with uh, with the with Mun and the kind of work that they're doing too as well. And of course, for me, this also leads into trying to bring the remains back from Scotland too as well. Yes. So, what is the research that you want to do in Con River? We just want to do the DNA testing and, and make sure that uh, it's got no political gain for me uh, beyond. Uh, making sure that there is a connection or not, and if not, that's so be it. But at least, we, at least we'll know. And you know, I'm not looking for anything beyond that. So this research in, that you want to do on Con River is is to uh, try and answer the question about whether there's any any genetic link between Mi'kmaq and Beothic. Absolutely, and the, the follow-on meeting in Nova Scotia, I'm going to see if it can convince him to get some testing done too as well. Hmm. And what uh, and and this man, what uh, what research has he has he done about this? 
Well, this is a, a horrible history that I, I got from uh, friends of mine in Nova Scotia. And I know the man. Mm-hmm. And uh, his great-grandfather apparently came from Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Great-great-grandfather, whoever it was. And he was a bionic man. So I need to talk to him and see what kind of a story he's got and then try and convince him to do the, to do the DNA testing. Yes. Of course, uh, you you probably know the the Frank Speck book that uh, came out in the 1920s, I think it was, and he, the people he talked yeah. to at that time, uh, Mi'kmaq people were were telling him that there were connections between the Beothic. So uh, that that story goes yeah. back uh, a long time. Yeah, the, the whole history has always been that there was a connection between our people and the Beothic, and. Uh, you know, there was intermarriage, uh, they were stealing a whip of the course on one side and the other. And at one time there was a you know peaceful uh, community along along the west coast and that got broke up over time. But uh, anyway, um, we, we need to look at the DNA and see exactly uh, who we're connected to of anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, except uh, the people, uh, the Mi'kmaq people on the mainland. And if we're connected to the black people, even better. Yes. So, and how how do you do that research? Do you get the you get the money yourselves and hire people to do the research? Yeah, we would find our own money, and we would hire uh, people with good qualifications to have that done. Do, how long does that take? Does that take uh, a year or two, or is it more even more long range than that? Well, you know, I'm, I'm possible it's going to take a year or two. I don't know until we actually sit down and talk to the people that uh, that we're going to get out has to help do this for us. Chief Mazel Joe. Before we go, details about our special live event on November 16th, which you can attend in person or catch on Bay of Islands Radio. We're less than a year away from elections for chief and council of the Halibut. It seems the perfect time to reflect on the current state of Mi'kmaq life in Newfoundland. Identity, division, addiction... But the positive also, there's a real cultural reawakening happening. How do we harness that? Join Frank Skeard, Glenwood Ward Counselor for Halibut, Suzanne Barry, former president of the Newfoundland Aboriginal Women's Network, and Charles Pender, former mayor of Cornerbrook. It takes place in the atrium of the Arts and Science Building at Grenfell. Please arrive no later than 5.45 p.m. for the 6 p.m. live broadcast, November 16th. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Listen on SoundCloud or iTunes. Tune in on Bay of Islands Radio, B-O-I-R on Thursday at 6 p.m. And coming soon to 100.1 FM in Cornerbrook and the Bay of Islands. And in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, listen on the Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 2 p.m. 95.9 and 98.1 FM. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.